Hey, what's up, guys? Happy July 4th. Right now, it's July 4th for me, but by the time you get this episode, it's going to be probably July 6th, July 7th, July 8th. I don't know when, but happy July 4th. I'm officially back. We're in episode 13 of Cloth Talk, and I'm so happy to be back. So happy to be back doing this. Um, I'm so excited. Uh, there's a lot that just transpired. It's been five months since I filmed my last episode of Cloth Talk. That is a long time, so I got a lot to make up for within this next month or two. But I want to get straight to it. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot that's happened. And I don't want to waste any time going into what I'm going to talk about. I just want to get straight into it. So first, I'm going to start with Damian Lillard. He has requested a trade from the Portland Trailblazers last Saturday. And there's a lot going around about which team could fit him best. Where could he end up? Um, So what do I feel? Where do I feel like he would wind up best? I think Damian Lillard will be best on the Miami Heat. Miami Heat, they're a team that has gotten to the finals twice within the past four years. We saw them in the bubble when they went up against the Lakers. And then we saw them this year against Denver Nuggets. This is a team that right here, they have good pieces around them where they can contend against any team other than Denver. (laughs) Sorry, I had to throw that one in there. But they, they, they can compete against most teams. And they're just missing that one piece. And I feel like that one piece could be Damian Lillard. A guy that can go in, get you a bucket whenever you need it. When, you know, you're down in a game, you can hand that person the ball and say, take over. Damian Lillard is that guy. I mean, no disrespect to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, an amazing athlete. I feel like he's a star. Um, But I do not feel like he's that guy that can propel the Miami Heat to get over that hump and win the finals. I feel like he's going to need a guy like Damian Lillard. A guy like Damian Lillard would bam out of bio, Tyler Hero, you're talking about Duncan Robinson, you know, all those guys, the troops that they have over there. I feel like adding Damian Lillard would be that missing piece to get them over the hump and get them to a finals. Not only a finals again, but win the finals. So I, I think that that would be good. But right now, Miami do not have the pieces to pull off this trade. There's been a lot of talks about, you know, trade scenarios, what they've offered. I don't want to get into that. I just want to start with, the you know, what I believe and what the facts are. The facts are is they do not have enough, you know, talent that they are willing to give up to pull off the trade. I think that they do have the talent, but it's going to include them probably adding a lot, like something like Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, maybe Duncan Robinson to add extra shooting. And then they're going to have to give up like a first or second round pick because they're going to want a lot for Damian Lillard. He's not just their franchise player. He is the heart of that city. He's the reason why they have been able to make the playoffs most years, just years that they should not even touch the playoffs. And Damian Lillard has helped them so much and got them to the playoffs and propel and win, you know, a series or two throughout the playoffs. So they're going to want a lot for that guy because they value him a lot. So they're going to have to come big, and I don't think they're willing to come big. I don't see him going to Miami um, unless Miami can pull off a three-team trade, and there's been a lot of talks about that. A three-team trade, even with a three-team trade, it's going to still force Miami to be able to give up something, you know, sexy to another team. And I just don't think that they have – they're willing to give up enough to make a team say, you know what, all right, we can do this. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um realistically, I think Boston can pull off the trade. Boston has enough talent around there. They have enough, you know, assets where they can pull this trade off. I think pairing Damian Lillard and you're somehow able to keep Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kirstap Porzingis, their uh, recent acquisition, not to mention, 
Uh, but I think if you're able to pull that off, you're now able to build a big four. That's right, a big four. Damian Lillard has not been a big fan of super teams. He has made that known in his career. He has trashed some players about, you know, joining together and building a super team. But I feel like this is something that he should consider because you want to win a championship, right? That's why you requested a trade. If you didn't want to, you know, win a championship, then you would just, you know, stay on the Portland Trailblazers maker, you know, 40, 60 million and just be happy there. No, you want to win a championship. This is going to give you the best opportunity. I feel like this is the best opportunity. Playing along with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kurt Stapazingas, that roster that they have over there, I think that this will give him the best opportunity. And they can pull this trade off. Um, so next, I want to get into are the Suns officially championship favorites after acquiring Bradley Bill. The Suns, I'm iffy about that team because, one, that team – they are not orchestrated, you know, well enough to compete against, you know, the top teams because of their depth. They don't have any depth, really, because and a lot of that is because of Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal are eating up all of the salary cap, not to mention DeAndre Ayton is in there as well. So I don't see them as championship favorites. I don't have them winning the championship next year. And I, I don't I don't understand why these teams feel like they have to go through this notion once again that you have to build a super team to win a championship. To to be able to, you know, verify and say, yes, we're going to win a championship. We have to build a super team. No, you don't have to build a super team. Actually, we've seen that over the years. We're in a new era where super teams aren't just aren't going to cut it the way that they used to. We see with the Denver Nuggets, you have to get assets that complement your stars well. And you look at Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, you look at where they've at. And I know Bruce Brown is gone, but when they had on that championship roster, Bruce Brown, you have Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I mean, you have Aaron Gordon. I mean, you have assets that complement those two stars in the, you know, the brightest lights. And I feel like that is what you need to have. I mean, you even look at the Suns, you know, three years ago with Devin Booker, Chris Paul. You had Cameron Payne, who was playing really good at the time. You had um, Mikal Bridges. I might not be saying his name right. Um, don't quote me on that. But uh, you had him. I mean, you had great complementary talented people that can really serve your assets and your stars really well. And I feel like that is how you got to win. That is how you're going to win. That's how it's going to solidify winning. You can put together a roster of guys that complement your stars. You look at also Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors have been doing this for the past decade where they've been they've had Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, well, Draymond Green, one can argue, say, hey, he's barely cracking that all-star. He's probably not an all-star. But Draymond Green is still in that big three. But you have those people around them that complement them very well. You even go back, you want to go far back and say Harrison Barnes, you know, and the, the, the assets that they had. Over the years, they built assets to complement their talents and what they needed. And that's what you have to do to win a championship. That is what it's going to I mean. I'm not going to say you're going to you're guaranteed a championship, but I'm saying you're better off getting farther in the playoffs and competing against those top teams by the depth that you have. So, um, so a lot has happened this off season. Uh, there's been some contracts out there that I'm just like, whoa, why is this guy getting this much money? 
so I just want to touch on, uh, you know, I have like four people that I saw that I was like, wow, they got that much money. And I just want to kind of want to talk about that and, you know, just highlight that because I feel like this offseason has now become the overpaid players type offseason. Uh, first, I want to start off with Dylan Brooks. He got $80 million for four years with the Rockets. What is that about? Dylan Brooks was the guy that got clowned by LeBron in the Lakers last season. He not a, He's not a great shooter. He plays good defense, and but he just does not add $80 million talent to your roster. And I don't know why the Houston Rockets, I guess, you know, they got all that cap space. that are like, you know what, we're just going to dangle this money and see who's willing to take it. And Dylan Brooks said, you know what, I'm going to take it. So I, I don't understand that move. I mean, I understand them getting him. You know, it's a great addition because, you know, I look at, you look at this team, they could use a Dylan Brooks on that team. But I don't think you had to spend $80 million. I feel like you could have got him for a two-year, $12 million deal. So the fact that they spent $80 million for four years, that is ridiculous. Uh, Fred Van Fleet, he got three years, $130 million. I like Fred Van Fleet, amazing player. Uh, you know, he was a big reason why Toronto won a championship. He's a guy that has developed and gotten better and become a more of a true point guard. But I don't think he's a $130 million talented person. I think that he's more like a $60 million at best. You know, one can argue maybe lower, but I feel like my cap that I would spend on him would be four years, $60 million. So another contract that I'm like, what is going on? And Desmond Bain from the Grizzlies, he got five years, $207 million max dollar deal. What is that about? Another almost Dylan Brooks. I mean, he's better than Dylan Brooks. He shoots the ball better. But I don't think his talents qualify for him to get $207 million over five years. I just don't see it. We can argue about this. If you feel different, please hit me up, you know, on social media. I would definitely love to get you on a clock talk so we can talk about this and some of these deals that I found ridiculous and, you know, kind of hear what you have to say. Maybe you can persuade me. Maybe you can. Maybe you're not. I mean, I don't know. I just, it just, it's a ridiculous deal. Jeremy Grant got five years, $160 million. What is that all about? That is a horrible contract, and that is the reason why Damian Lillard wants out of Portland because they are desperate spending right now. And this is an offseason where he gave them a chance to say, hey, go put a contending roster against me. But you're not going to put a contending roster next to him when you're giving a guy like Jeremy Grant five years, $160 million. Another contract that can eat up all your cap space and prevent you from getting somebody that can help Dane a lot about getting to the finals. Uh, so there was three good contracts that I like that I want to highlight that I saw that really caught my eye. And I was like, that is good money. That player deserves it. First, I want to start with the Charlotte Hornets. They got Lamella Ball back on track for five years, $260 million. There was a lot of conversation that maybe – he would not uh, come back to the Charlotte Hornets. I feel like he shouldn't have come back to the Charlotte Hornets. I see the Charlotte Hornets um, lower. I see them worse than the uh, Portland Trailblazers. I just don't see anybody wanting to come there. I see that, you know, the organization, they don't do a good job of putting the right talent around people. But LaMelo Ball, getting him to sign back and agree to stay with you for five years, that is a win plus the city of Charlotte. 
and that's a win plus for you know just that organization and the new owners by the way michael jordan sold the team so that's a good win for them uh right direction you see what they do these next two to three years but good contract i like it congratulations the mellow ball you earned it you have been playing like a star and i know one day you might actually be a superstar so I'm very high on him. I like him a lot. I love his game. I love his passing ability, his court vision, his ability to get to the rim and finish. You know, he's now developed into a jump shooter. He can shoot behind the arc. He can shoot the mid-range. You know, he's a really talented guy, and I'm I'm glad that he's he got paid. Another guy is Anthony Edwards. Uh, the Timberwolves signed him. I don't know how they had the money because I saw this article where they, they're paying their big man $500 million. $500 million, but they were able to give Anthony Edwards five years, $260 million. He deserves every bit of that. Anthony Edwards is now coming on to become, I would like to say, the second coming of Dwayne Wade. Uh, I love his game. I love his ability to post up. I love his ability to attack the rim. He can finish. He can hit you with a dunk. He can hit you with a layup. He can hit you with a three. I mean, the guys, he's, he's just a talented box office player. He's becoming a box office player. I like his game. I love what he's doing. He deserves the money. That's why he's on my good contracts list. And lastly, I want to go to Indiana. I might not pronounce his name right. Please don't quote me on this again. But I'm going to try to. Tyrese Halliburton. Um, he got five years, $260 million. I love it. I love it. I love it. Indiana. This has been the biggest thing for them since Paul George and Roy Hibbert. Um, so I'm in Lance Stevenson as well. I don't want to forget to throw him in there. Don't want to distract him on that. But this has been the big deal, biggest deal for them, uh, getting him. And, you know, he's come through and he's, he's shown that he is a franchise player. And I'm very happy to see what he can do. And, you know, I'm glad he got his money because he deserved it. He's been balling out and playing great. So that is it. Um, well, no, uh, I want to get into the biggest winners and losers of free agency. Uh, so I want to go with the biggest winners so far that I've seen in free agency. And that is the Los Angeles Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers have been killing it in free agency. They kept Rui Hachimura. They kept uh, Austin Reeves. They've added Cam Reddish, who's a guy that's going to compliment them really good off the bench. He's a guy that's going to help clean up the boards. He plays good defense. You know, he, you can find him off the pick and roll. I mean, he's a great option for them to pick up. Another guy that they picked up that I love so much and uh, is excited for is Gabe Benson. Uh, he came from Miami. He adds more shooting off the bench. Um, I think he's actually going to – he actually might compete for that starting role. I, I definitely see that happening. He's that talented and good of a player. He has a heavy heart, and uh, he has a good head, and he, he knows the game very well. And uh, I think he's a guy that's going to go in there. He's going to compete from day one. And D'Angelo Russell, who they uh, kept on a two-year deal, so he better watch out because Gabe Vincent could possibly take your spot. So, But I love that. I love they kept D'Angelo Russell. I feel like at this point, you know, you lost out on the Kyrie sweepstakes, which I think that I'm happy that they didn't get him because I felt like he would not be a good option for that organization. But uh, so I just I love that that deal of bringing him back because he was like really your only option. I would have loved for them to get Steph Curry. I mean, not Seth Curry, excuse me. 
I'm thinking about Steph Curry. <laughs> what is wrong with me? But Seth Curry, I thought he would have been a great option. He gives you outside scoring. He gives you, you know, also point guard abilities. But I think that, that, that what they need is a consistent, good shooter. That is what the Lakers have been missing. LeBron needs that around him. AD could use that. I mean, and Seth Curry would have been a great option. But they brought back D'Angelo Russell, who's also a good three-point shooter. And, you know, the guy that has great court vision, probably better court, court vision than Seth Curry. So, I mean, I like bringing him back. You know, I'm still a little skeptical of him since last year. But, you know, everybody has their down years. And, you know, those big moments, you never know what you'll do until you're in them. So I hope he learns from this and he gets better. And, you know, we can sign. They you know he can prove to be signed for a long time deal. Let's get into some NFL talks. Woo! I'm happy to get to the NFL. I love the NFL. I love talking about the NFL. It's a lot to talk about. Um, so we are just 62 days away from the start of the NFL regular season. And we're 34 days away from the preseason. And DeAndre Hopkins still has not made a decision on where he will play. Which team will fit DeAndre Hopkins the best? So, you know, you scan around, you look. Uh, Patriots, they met with him. You know, that's a, that's a good option. But I feel like Mac Jones, that situation, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. You don't know, you know, where his morality is right now with the team, you know, after last season. So I don't like that option for DeAndre Hopkins. I want to see him play with an Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes or, you know, even a Dak Prescott or – I want to see him play with a good quarterback that can get him the ball. And I feel like the best option for him is Kansas City. I think Kansas City could use a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Patrick Mahomes could use a number one option, a guy that can make long, deep catches and big explosive plays. He's a big explosive play guy. Uh, He's only 31 years old. I think he could play for another four to five years. I would love for him to go to Kansas City. I think that's a great option for him. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes would be a great quarterback for him. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. And I think DeAndre Hopkins need to be paired with the best quarterback in the NFL that can get him the ball. He's had some struggling years of quarterbacks not being able to get him the ball, even though he's still put up high productivity numbers. And a lot of that is off his big play making and his ability to make up for those errors. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Will the Chiefs repeat this year? I think it's highly likely. It's highly likely that the Chiefs can repeat this year in the in the playoffs. Um, Pat, they have Patrick Mahomes. They have Andy Reid. Those are two guys that can easily get it done. And, you know, anytime you have those two on a team, you got to like your chances, right? You got to love your chances. You got to love what you can be able to do. And I think the Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have a good probability of uh, repeating this year. Um, so going on to the next one, uh, is this year a make or break? for Mac Jones. Whew. So I just talked about him earlier. I'm not too high on Mac Jones, and a lot of that is because he's taken, you know, some steps backwards in his second year. This is something that you don't see too much from, you know, franchise quarterbacks that are coming in their first year and having a great year. And I'm a little bit worried about not just his talents, but how he is mentally and what is Bill Belichick doing to him? Because there's a lot of there's been a lot of rumors out there about, you know, Bill Belichick, you know, kind of mentally playing with him. 
taking him out of the starting lineup, you know, making him feel unwelcome. You know, there's a lot of that's been going on there. So I don't know where he's at mentally. Uh, his rookie season, he had 3,800 passing yards, 22 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions with a 92.5 uh, QBR. And then in his second season, which was last season, he had 3,000 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. His biggest problem throughout his career and what I've seen is uh, turnovers and completion percentages. And he struggled with turnovers and completion percentages throughout his career. Uh, his um, That second year, he did have an 84.8 uh, completion percentage. But he's really struggled with holding on to the ball, um, with decision-making with the ball is what he's struggled with. So, I mean, how can you clean that up as a coach? Well, put your quarterback in better situations. Have him throw some check down passes. They need to get run out the catches. Have him throw some over slants. Um, get him mentally back right. Get him back excited about the future of the team and you know what he can do by just putting him in some situations where he cannot fail. You know, you look at I look at you know the Forty ers and what they were able to do with Brock Purdy, the third string quarterback that came in, and how they were able to put him in situations where. He cannot mess up, you know, call plays that specifically designed for guys to get open and make run out the catches, you know. So, I mean, that's what they have to do with Mac Jones. They got to kind of turn the wheel back and now remember that this is a guy in the second year. This is not a fifth year or a tenth year quarterback. This is a second year quarterback. This is technically still considered almost pre-rookie, you know. So I think that the way that they're going about it has been – Absolutely horrible, but I feel like he can get back on track. It just has to start with Bill Belichick, you know, kind of, you know, reassuring him that you are a guy. I do feel good about you. You know, just go out there. You know, I'm going to take care of you. We're going to take care of you. We're going to, you know, call the right plays. We're going to call plays where you can succeed more than you will fail. So just play to the level of his talent. That's the biggest thing. Uh, next, I want to get into Josh Allen. Um, can he get it together this year? You know, he had a he had a bad year. Well, I wouldn't say a bad year, but he didn't he had he didn't have the year that we we're expected to see him have. And in the playoffs, he played absolutely horrible. Uh, I think Josh Allen is going to bounce back this year. Josh Allen is what I consider a dog, and he's a guy that can go out there and he can absolutely propel your team, be the reason why you win a game lead you to the playoffs. I just need to see him do something in the playoffs. And I think that's where Stefan Diggs is. We need to see you, you know, continue what you've done in the regular season and the playoffs. I think Josh Allen, I don't question his, you know, clutch abilities because I feel like his talent is so good that I feel like a lot of it is also could be, you can throw that on McDermott on, you know, the, what they're doing and what situations they're putting them in, you know, and also also the offensive line, the lack of blocking, then also not having a running back that can, you know, you can give the ball to and you can feel comfortable about to get you five to ten yards. So I feel like a lot of that plays into it. And Josh Allen is kind of like a little bit worn out because you have to you have to be that since he's become the starter, he's always had to be that guy that made big plays. And I feel like now you have to put him with somebody that can help him. You know, and I'm, when I'm 
speaking about specifically is the running back position and the offensive line. I want to see them, you know, really invest in that and start to realize, hey, we're asking Josh Allen to do what way too much. But we'll see what happens. I do think he can bounce back. I do think he will bounce back and he will have a great season. I do see this team making a deep um, postseason run. I do feel good about that. And, you know, also another thing is their defense. I want to see their defense get better. They have deteriorated, you know, the past two years. And I want to see them get back on top. And I believe Tredavious White is back and he's good and he's healthy. So I want to see that defense really grow and help him out. Uh, Now let's head out to the NFC. What will the first pick in the 22 draft Bryce Young do this year in Carolina? I love what Carolina has done so far uh, with Bryce Young, bringing in veteran receivers and Adam Thielen to help him out and to not only help him, but mold him into being the quarterback that they've played with. You know, they've seen that how the you know quarterback position is supposed to carry themselves how they're supposed to play. They're going to help him. They're going to help guide him throughout the year. I do think Bryce Young will have a, you know, decent season. I'm not going to say good or great. I'm going to say he's going to have a decent season, and you're going to see an actual future with this guy because I think that his talent overweighs his heights, which is a lot of things that people have been down to him about is that they're afraid of, the, you know, his height, and that might be a problem for him to be able to get the ball off at the line and lead to early turnovers. But, I do think that Bryce Young is going to have a decent season. I think he's going to win rookie of the year. I do think he will win rookie of the year. And that's because he's played the quarterback position. And, you know, for the rookie of the year, you know, there's not too much expectation that's laid out that you have to have in order to qualify. So I think that Bryce Young is going to have a decent year. And he's going to win rookie of the year. Who will win the NFC South? Tom Brady's gone from Tampa Bay. So we know it's not going to be Tampa Bay. Baker Mayfield is there. They don't know what their who their starting quarterback is. Uh, so I'm not going to put Tampa Bay in that list. Carolina, we still have a huge question mark around Bryce Young, even though I say he's going to have a decent year and he might win rookie of the year. I still I mean, there's still a huge question mark, right? That's all opinion. And then you have all within the NFC South as well. The Falcons, nobody knows what's going to happen with the Falcons. They have B. John Robinson, amazing guy. But who's your quarterback? Who is your quarterback? I don't know who the quarterback is because they they don't have a good quarterback on their center. Um, I like Desmond Ryder. I thought they should have went with him as the starting quarterback, but we'll see what happens there. Um, so I'm going to go with the Saints. The Saints are my team that they, you know I feel like all around they have you know other than Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay and them are neck and neck. They have the best roster, and now you add in a guy like Derek Carr with that roster. You're not putting in a decent quarterback that can actually propel them and will help them win the South. So I do have the Saints coming out and winning. Uh, you still got Alvin Kamara over there. You know, you still have Michael Thomas. I mean, you still have you still have Olive over there as well. So, I mean, uh, I just – I think that they're going to win it. I think that, you know, they have the best roster. I think it's going to all come together, and they're going to find a way to win enough games and get, it, get into the postseason. Can Matt Stafford and the Rams bounce back? This year, Whew, that's a tough one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe in him. I believe he's an amazing coach. I feel like he can get them back on track. But I feel like they lost too much. 
I feel like their defense has deteriorated after losing Jalen Ramsey to Miami. Uh, their secondary, I can't. There's nobody in their secondary that I can say, "Hey, this guy right here is going to make up for it." So their 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 defense is going to drop, but I do think Matt Stafford can is still going to do enough to help this team, you know, move forward and propel. And I don't think though that they will make the playoffs. I don't. I think they're going to become one or two games shy from making the playoffs. And it's going to be a down year for them, you know, because it, you know, you you expect this roster to win the playoffs. You expect the Sean McVay team to win the, you know, go to the postseason. And I just don't see it happening this year. And that sucks. Uh, <clears throat> will the Forty ers get back on track? Of course, Forty ers have the best defense in the NFL. That's right, I said it. The Forty ers have the best pass rush. They have the best secondary. Well, I want to say the best secondary, but their pass rush is so good that it makes up for their lack of talent in the secondary. And they just signed Javon Hargrave this offseason from the Philadelphia Eagles. I love that pickup for them. That brings in a defensive tackle that they desperately needed to go along with Joey Bosa on that front line. So they're only going to get better. And this is a scary team. Uh, I love what they got over there. Uh, you know, I think I hope they go with Brock Purdy until, you know, the wheels fall off. And then, you know, you can talk about Trey Lance. But I do think that team is still going to be solid. Let's head out to Dallas. What will the Dallas Cowboys look like this year? This year, I expect a lot from the Dallas Cowboys because of the acquisitions that they made this offseason. Bringing in a guy like Stefan Gilmore, who's a guy that is still, I would consider, a top five corner in the league. Um, bringing in Brandon Cooks, a guy that we all know is a big play, big threat. So I, I, I have high expectations for Dak Prescott to go out there and to rebound from last year. Um, you know, it was tough seeing him lose to the 49ers. It was tough, you know, specifically because Dak Prescott threw two costly interceptions in that series and in that game and I do see him come back this year having a better season um I do see him playing MVP type level football I believe in Dak Prescott as much as I kicked Dak Prescott you know last year and I've said that the Dallas Cowboys need to get rid of him I do still believe in him there's something about him that I like and that I feel like he can get over the hump. I do feel like he can help this team. He can move forward and he can build from this. Um, so I have high expectations for Dallas. I do expect them to get, I do hope, you know, I wouldn't say expect. I hope that they can get to the NFC championship. I do feel like they can get to the NFC championship, maybe a Super Bowl. Wait, let's just get to the NFC championship first and then see. But I do feel like with Stefan Gilmore added to that defense with Michael Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, you know, Vander Esch, they brought him back. I mean, you look at that defense, they're solid over there. So then, you know, you bring in Brandon Cooks and you have CeeDee Lamb, you have Michael Gallup, who I feel like is going to have a better year this year um, coming back. Then Tony Pollard as their feature back. It was a guy that's a big explosive play type guy. I do think that they will rebound and do better this year. Uh, so Demarcus Lawrence has said, you know, that the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles are pretty much almost neck and neck. Do I believe that the Eagles and the Cowboys are neck and neck? Of course. I believe that the Eagles, you know, right now on paper, they have the better roster. 
but I feel like on the field, these teams are neck and neck, right? Because you have Jalen Hurts, you have Dak Prescott. Jalen Hurts is a guy that's in a better system than Dak Prescott. He has a better coach than Dak Prescott. But Dak Prescott, I think overall talents, I think he can I think he's better. I do. And people are a lot of people are gonna kick me for the saying this, but I do think Dak Prescott is better. I mean, look at the head to head matchups. Dak's all he has a huge lead ahead of him. So I do think that they're neck and neck. I do feel like, you know, you can toss a coin up between these two teams and, you know, wherever it lands on, you're fine with that. But I do believe these teams, these two teams are neck and neck for multiple reasons. The the defense are the same pretty much in talent-wise. Their offense, same in talent-wise. You know, I think the only thing that the Eagles, one can argue that the Eagles have better over the Cowboys is coaching. But we'll see what Mike McCarthy does this year. He's he's running the offense, so we'll see what he does this year. Can the Eagles get back to the Super Bowl? I believe the Eagles can get back to the Super Bowl. They have a good, good, good coaching staff, and you know they have a great quarterback, a good quarterback in Jalen Hurts. And you know they didn't lose too much this off season, but they did lose a lot. <laughs> I know that doesn't sound right, but they lost. A lot, but then again, they didn't lose a lot. And what I mean by that is they lost C.J. Garner-Johnson, who was their big – he was a leader in their secondary. He was an amazing guy. They lost also Marcus Epps, T.J. Edwards, Cesar Wright. I mean, they lost some good, talented people on that defensive side. Not to mention they lost Miles Sanders, who was their feature back that got them big plays and helped them out a lot throughout the season. So – and he was one of the big reasons why Jalen Hurts was able to open up and be able to run the option play. So I do think they lost a good amount of stuff that is going to show, but I do feel like they can overcome it as the season goes on and that uh, they will move forward. What does the Super Bowl turf excuse say about the Eagles? Come on, Philly. Like, I have already I have a bad taste in my mouth about every Philly fan and now I got that same taste about Philly players. It's like all these excuses and excuses on why you lost the Super Bowl. You did not lose the Super Bowl because you played on a turf field. Like I know that the history says that turf fields are absolutely horrible for players, but you also gotta think the Chiefs also played on that same turf field. So you both played on it. It you lost that game because the Chiefs wanted it more and down the stretch. They were more experienced. They wanted it more. They knew what needed to be done. That's why you lost that game. You didn't lose that game because turf. I mean, you got blown out by 40 and you played a horrible game and it was out of your character. Then we can make an argument that it was a turf field. But you played a great game. Jalen Hurts played great. You know, your offense played great. Your defense didn't show up. And that's what was the biggest problem for them. But that whole turf excuse is like, it's it's the whole cliche of what everybody thinks about the Eagles. And that's, they just have excuses on top of excuses on top of excuses. A lot of people want to say the Dallas Cowboy fan base has a lot of excuses. The Eagles have just as much excuses on why they do not meet expectations or do not win. Or, you know, they just feel like if they don't win, that there's always a reason why they didn't win. So, I mean, I do say, I think it, it just confirms everybody's belief about Eagles fans and Eagles players is it's always excuses, excuses, excuses. 
sometimes you got to cut out those excuses and just say, hey, we lost fair and square. We'll be back next year. And when we come back next year, we will learn from last year. And we will come this year more prepared and we will win. All you got to say. <clears throat> so I want to get into my top five teams in the league heading into this season. The season hasn't started yet. A lot of people are iffy on, you know, what their top five is. They don't want to know until, you know, the first week. But I want to put out there my top five teams before the season starts. So when the season starts and a lot of you say these teams and your top five, you can say, Andre, you're a psychic. So for number one, I got Kansas City Chiefs, the defending champs. Well, not defending, but the Super Bowl champs. They have Patrick Mahomes. They have Andy Reid. They have an amazing, you know, staff over there and coaching staff. They have a good defense, you know, halfway good defense. And then, but they have a great quarterback that knows how to get the job done, and his talents is so good that it overweighs the lack of talent the team has overall. So, and that's like not having a number one receiver and not having a great defense. So, that makes up a lot with his talents. So, I got to go with Kansas City at number one. Number two, I got Philly because Philly served in the Super Bowl. They didn't lose a lot this offseason, but they did lose a lot. But this team is still good. They're still respectable. They're still a team that you should watch out for. And they're still, they still have Jalen Hurts, you know. So, uh, number three, I want to go with the Dallas Cowboys. I feel great about what the Dallas Cowboys have added this year. I feel like Stephon Gilmore with Trayvon Diggs and Michael Parsons and Dak getting his deep threat and Brandon Cooks along with C.D. Lamb coming back with something to prove on a contract year. Michael Gallup, something to prove, second year back from an injury. This is now make or break year for him, I believe. So I do think that the Dallas Cowboys are top three team in the NFL. And I do think that they're going to go out there and they're going to play great football. So they're number three on my list. Number four, I got Buffalo Bills. I'm high on Josh Allen. Stephon Diggs is back. That defense, you know, they're, they're going to work on getting it together. But that offense is so good that I feel like, you know, they're our top five team in this league. The Bengals, I got the Bengals as number five. The Bengals, they have a great quarterback in Joe Burrow. And the, the only thing that scares me is that offensive line. But Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, you can't go wrong with them in your top five because those two are going to win you a lot of games together. They just got that connection. So I got to go with the Bengals with number five. That is my top five teams in the league heading into this season. And that right there is a wrap to a good, long, first day back in five months episode. Happy 4th of July. I love you all. Thank you for tuning in. I will be back next Friday with another episode. Hopefully it keeps going on and on with the consistency. I'm going to try my hardest. I'm sorry. But I'm glad to be back, and I can't wait to keep making these episodes. I also want to tell you that you might have some weeks where you might get in two episodes or three episodes into your feed. Um, those are just me making up for the lost times of five months. You know, I might get in that creative mode process where I just want to go crazy and make a lot of episodes. So you might get some, some weeks where you're coming in two or three episodes. And some other big news that I want to mention, I want to wait to the end of the show, is... 
the Andre Morgan website is officially launched. Um, it's something I've kept quiet for long for a long time, but it is officially up. You now can go on the internet, type in the Andre Morgan website, and you can find my website where you can find all my content along with you know links to these episodes. And you know you can just read about me, learn about my life, what's going on, where I'm at in life, and just keep up with me in my journey to continue to be able to do sports broadcasting, sports journalism, whatever it is, you know, I want to, I want to be in that sports air where I'm helping out and doing, you know, telling a story from a vision of my eyes, not only my eyes, but the public's eyes. And that's what I love. And that's my passion. And, uh, yeah. So the go look at the Andre Morgan website, um, message me, let me know how much you like it, you know, give me some advice, but definitely go look at that. Take a scroll through it, read about me. And also use that to keep in track of what I'm doing in my life. So I'm going to post, I'm going to be working on some reels that I'm going to be posting up here. Some visual reels, not me over a phone or over a microphone talking to you, telling you sports. Is it going to be now also you can see me in front of a camera with a suit on telling you again, once again, uh, the, the latest sports that's going on. So stay tuned for that as well there's gonna be a lot of content over this next month that's gonna show up on that website so please stay in tune with that website glue it to your phone make sure you keep checking up day to day because any day i could be dropping those so i'm I'm definitely definitely gonna get to work on that and just stay tuned with that thank you guys love you so much this wraps up episode 13 i'll be back next week for episode 14 of cross talk